0: You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jamin. Okay, everyone, welcome back. I'm Michael Jamin, and I'm here with Phil Hudson. And we're doing, uh, this is Screenwriters Need to Hear This, the podcast. And today's a special episode. It's frequently asked questions, or at least infrequently. There's some versions of questions that people have been asking. And so we're going to answer them.
1: I don't know we've how a- often they ask them. <laughs> we have answered a lot of questions. And so this is like our fourth, I think, uh, frequently asked question. Typically we post a tile on your social media where people can ask their questions. This time mm. we did them, something a little bit different. We went to the internet and we literally found what are the top questions that we haven't answered on the internet as well. So I think oh. this is this should be very um, helpful for people. These are coming right from the internet. Well, top let me explain. Maybe. Yeah, let me explain why I got this idea. Um, So for those of you who don't know, when you email the support at Michael Jamin, I'm the guy who answers those. And a lot of these are questions that I'm getting from people. And I was like, okay, there's some basic stuff that we're not covering um, and how can we better address those? And you had the great idea of combining them into a single podcast. So great idea. All right. So So Phil, hit me with those
0: questions. Let's see if I have any answers.
1: Number one, how much do screenwriters make? Well,
0: it depends, obviously. It depends, you know, it depends if you're a film writer or a TV writer. Uh, but TV writers when you you're probably asking how much, you know, can you make when you break in? And so the the WGA sets minimums, which is a good. Like the minimum it means this is the minimum amount that some that the, that you get paid if you do a project for a WGA signatory. And that means any production company or studio that is signed with the guild. And so that's pretty much every reputable you know, production company. You, may, you and this s- out- signed
1: and signed meaning that they've agreed to these terms to, in order to staff the competent writers at the guild. So yes. it's an exchange to say you will meet these standards uh, and thus you get access to the best writers because they're all in our guild. Yeah.
0: And so animation may or may not fall in the writers' guild. Sometimes it's covered by the animators' guild, so they have a slightly different uh minimum. But uh certainly all the big the big players uh, and, and, live action, you know, is with, is with the guild. And um, so I'm not talking about the guy you meet in Starbucks who says, Hey, I want to hire you for a project that doesn't, you know, we don't know about him. So the minimums are actually quite high. Uh, and it just depends whether you are writing a half hour, an hour long, whether it's cable or network or streaming, and the minimums vary from outlet to outlet. So I can't answer that question, uh, with any authority. So like, for you know, for a sitcom, I don't even know quite what it's out of front. I think for a network sitcom, the minimum is something like probably five or 6,000 a week uh, for a low, for the low level staff writer. So it's like, that's, you know, that's a lot of money actually for the lowest, you know, I think it's five, it's five, somewhere, somewhere yeah. in the fives. And so uh, f- for, for a week's worth of work, that's a good salary, um, but you're not working. How many weeks are you working? It also, it depends. You may be on a show that goes 24 episodes on the network and that's, that's really good. Now you're working maybe nine or so months, or maybe close to ten months out of the year. Uh, if you're working on a streamer or on a cable, you might only be doing thirteen uh, episodes. If you're working on a streamer, maybe maybe you're only working for pre- during pre-production as a writer. So it just it just greatly varies. But you can find out what these minimums are by going to the WGA website. And, uh, they'll give you, there's something called the schedule of minimums and you can look up, well, how much is, how much would I make if I was working on a drama or or a sitcom or cable, you know, whatever, just go check it out. So, but then features
1: is a whole different bag of worms. So, yeah. All All right. Next question, Phil. Right. What is a montage in screenwriting?
0: I mean, yeah. A montage is basically um, it's like short little clips of uh, you know the, the training sequence of Rocky, right? When he was training for the big fight, he's chasing a rooster. He's running up the stairs. He's the shots of him running down the street. There's shots of him punching meat, right? And so they're just kind of quick cuts. Often it's set to music. Often it's without dialogue, and uh, they're they're hard to produce because a montage is going to have is, you know, quick shots, three seconds here, three seconds there, and then you're constantly moving the cameras. So even if you're writing an episode of TV, be wary of the montage, because it may only occupy 60 seconds of time or or whatever, but to shoot all of that, you've got to move the cameras everywhere and it's going to take a long time to shoot that. So you want to be judicious when you're putting montages in. Uh, They're often fun to watch and and they're silly. They can be silly or fun or exciting, uh, but but you have to use them judiciously because they can be a real pain to shoot.
1: Mm. How many montages maximum should I have in a screenplay?
0: And I this come by the that. way,
1: this is a Phil question because I wrote uh, I wrote something for you and it's in the course. If anyone wants to see, it was a spec FD, and I think I put in two montages and you called me yeah. out on
0: it. Yeah, I think one's enough. I think one is is enough. Um, you know, unless unless you're using it almost like. Uh, you know, ironically or, or in, a, in a funny way, like you do one training montage and you cut to the press and the guy and, and the character goes, that's not what you do. You got to do it. Like you forgot to put your hat on and then you do another montage with the hat on. And so maybe that's funny or whatever, but um, it's really just, I, I would recommend one. That's enough. One. Right. And if one if, if at nine, all, one or yeah, not? Right. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Um, and you brought up budget. And so this is a question from, uh, from Dave Crossman, who's in your screenwriting course. He posted this, and I thought it would be a good question for you to answer. Um, How concerned should I be with budget when I'm writing a spec pilot? Should I just show my capabilities and go wherever I want? Or should I try to make it something producible knowing it's probably not going to be sold? Even though it's probably not going to be sold,
0: I don't have a good answer for this. But like, if you write something and it's clearly going to cost a billion dollars to produce, you know, I don't think it's going to be a great sample. If you can write something that's inexpensive and still make it good, a good read, um, that to me says a lot. That says, oh, look at this! Per- look what this person can do, without without theoretically spending a lot of money. And so even today in the course we did a live, in my screenwriting course where I talked about the movie Pig. Now, the, and which was a beautiful movie, I thought uh, starring Nicolas Cage. I thought it was really well done. It was beautifully written and directed. But that was not that movie did not break the bank. You know, you could have probably shot that on your phone and you would, you know, if you're this is what you're doing, you want to write your script. uh, It's an inexpensive. It would have been inexpensive to shoot that. And uh, and so it's really more about obviously it's more about the writing. It's the script. If you can shoot, if you can show that you can do less with more, I think that's more impressive than Mm -hmm. saying, hey, i than needing a cast of thousands and, and, uh, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. You know. That
1: reminds me you've kind of famously talked about the budget for Marin and how you basically didn't have much and yet mm-hmm. that was one of the more critically acclaimed yeah. shows you've worked on. Yeah. Right? For
0: sure. Yeah. So cool. it's try to write, try to write for less with less money. That's what I would say.
1: Great. All right. Do screenwriters get royalties?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh sure you're supposed to. It's royalties are what you um some people think it's like, oh, you're so lucky to get paid twice. It's like, no, this is this is how it works. This is how like authors get paid royalty. You're basically you're forfeiting. You're are you're, you're getting a royalty in exchange for giving the studio um, the uh, the authorship rights. So that they they want to pay you for it. They want those rights. They just don't want to pay you a lot. So uh, that's what royalties are. The it's it's like it's you know in basically when the studio sells something, so they they pay you once for their project. Uh, and then you write it, right? And then, but let's say it becomes a hit, and they start airing somewhere else. It airs overseas, or they it, it, it airs in a rerun, or they sell it to you know Netflix or whatever. Um, they're making extra money on it, so why shouldn't you make extra money on it, right? And that's 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 what royalties are. or We call them residuals. So yeah. Yeah. And I think
1: royalties and residuals by definition are different things. But, um, I think, I think it's based off of, like you said, the ownership of the author. Like yeah. you can have, I think an artist makes like the author of a book can maintains copyright and authorship and then they license that to a publisher and then they get paid royalties. Whereas you're literally selling and trading authorship. So you get a, a residual, which yeah. is, effectively the same thing just legally a different definition. Yeah.
0: Right. So. Yeah, I think
1: that's right. Someone will correct us on that, I'm sure. Right. right. I'm not a lawyer. All I'm right. A, I listen. don't give legal advice. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to <laughs> us for legal advice. Yeah. Legal advice either. Um, how this this is an interesting question. I'd love to hear your answer on this. It's a little bit ethereal, I think. Mm-hmm. How to be a successful screenwriter. Um How, I mean, define success, right? That's the, I think that's the exactly what my thought was. What does success Uh, mean? And I I think the person asking this question is probably a younger writer and they're probably thinking to themselves, success is lots and lots of money, right? Right. Or accolades. That's not necessarily the way I define success in my late 30s now, right? Or, right. It's just a different thing. I'm lucky
0: enough that I made my living my entire career a tv writer i haven't had any do any other odd jobs you know raking leaves or anything um so i to me that says success now i certainly haven't had as much success nor anywhere near as much success as shonda rhimes or aaron sorkin or steve levitan or greg daniels i haven't come anywhere close to that amount of success but um i get the you know and maybe if i had worked a little harder or, or networked a little more or just was been a little more ambitious Maybe I would have gotten close to that level or or maybe not. Uh, but to me, I was able to come home at the end of the day and give my kids a bath every night and I watched them grow up. And so I wouldn't trade any of that. Like I, I like, I had just, in my opinion, I had just the right amount of success so that I could be home and not have to travel the world and I would not have to have too many plates spitting. You know, I'm happy with where, I, you know, to me, that's plenty of success. So, but if this person is saying, how do I – how did they become a successful screenwriter Like we got to start we got to start with learning how to do you know how to write <laughs>
1: that's, that's the next question which is how to be a better screenwriter right Yeah uh, well many of you know so this is
0: Phil's idea again so I started a screenwriting many years ago Phil you convinced me to start a course and I didn't have the time or even inclination to start a screenwriting course and then the pandemic hit and then I had plenty of time because Hollywood You were shut actually down. quite
1: a, you were actually quite against it, and I should point out. Um, because I don't yeah. think you'd ever bring this up, but there's kind of this notion that if you if you teach you're kind of on your way out or you're not yeah. doing and which is not true for you. You're actively working as a co E P and have continued to write. And when I yeah. asked you, you were a showrunner on Marin and I was like basically begging you because I was in film school at the time and I f- didn't feel like I was getting the value that I was paying for. I was effectively just paying for a title uh, degree. Yeah. And and I, I wanted to learn the things you were emailing me and the little lessons you were sending me from time to time as I was talking to you about the projects I was working on in film school. So you were yeah. quite reluctant to do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was a little reluctant, but I, we did it anyway. And then we had to talk about, well... You know, what was the price? And then, you know, we actually I put quite a bit of work on. There's like, there's something like 14 or more hours or courses, you know, there's a lot of work that went into it. But then we were talking about how do you price it? And then it was like, well, we can't price it as the same as what the people who are teaching who don't know how to do it. That's crazy. I can't charge what they're charging. If, Cause there's a lot of bad advice out there, Phil. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people teaching who don't know, who've never done it. And so how are you teaching? I pay, I pay teaching? for a lot of it
1: too. I have paid for it other people in the course we've all talked about it we've bought a lot of the same courses from the same people and those people most of them have never done the job
0: yeah and so I, we we in we were talking about what do we try like it can't be the same as them I can't because they're not my competitors I can't charge you're you're, you're paying for my 26 years of experience as a TV writer and you're paying for them they just who knows how, how much they write a book or something I don't know what they what you know experience they have and so we had to talk about pricing. So yeah, is my course is it is it more expensive? For sure, it has to be. because but It's also not the most <laughs>
1: expensive, and there are people who have never done the job who are selling their courses for more than you are. Sell. You are still,
0: now, now we got to raise but the I, prices, Phil.
1: I know, right? <laughs> buy, buy now, guys, because the price is going up. No, I, and I think the other side of that coin, which I'm assuming we'll get back to the the question of how to be a better screenwriter, but the other side of this coin is. You didn't want to price it so high that it would stop people from being able to get the information. Yeah. Right? You didn't want to seem like you're price gouging or anything right. like that. And there's, a, I think, a misconception to anyone selling a thing online. They're like, well, why would Michael need to sell me his course? He's already a filthy rich writer who's been working in Hollywood for 26 years. And truthfully, most of that budget goes to pay for editing, for graphic design work, mm-hmm. for advertising. And you're doing it because it helps you grow a following because yeah. you need a following to publish a book
0: yeah for a project that work with yeah
1: which you've talked about. yeah yeah right so you, it's really it's not going to line pockets. it's really going to to get more people into the course and get more people to recognize who you are
0: right? yeah yeah and so so how that gets back to the question well how do you become a better writer well you have to study you have to study under someone if you don't want to study from me study from somebody else, but just make sure they know what they're talking about so there's that because <laughs> okay, there's, there's bad advice I, I you know I follow some people not that much but I you know they, they pop up on social media and they'll get they'll have tips so like if you're struggling with your story do x y and z and I'm like why like I could easily say if you're struggling with your story hit yourself with the head over the head with a frying pan it might help but it's probably not the best thing to do but maybe it'll help you know, mm-hmm. and so they, a lot of these tips that they give out, I'm like, I don't, that's not how I would fix a story. I wouldn't even begin to use that to fix a story. And so mm-hmm. that's what, that's what pisses me off. When I see advice like that on the internet, you know, like story help, it's like, that This doesn't help, you know? Mm-hmm. That's my cave, caveat for anybody who wants to, you know, learn screenwriting, yeah. but you, you have to learn somewhere, I guess. Yeah, you
1: know? and so who you learn from is as important as what you're learning. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. They're, they're good yeah. teachers and bad teachers. And, you know, uh, one of your early course buyers, one of your early students, he wrote a glowing review and talked about how as a professional trainer for years, he felt that your course was one of the most easy to digest um, and easiest to access. Oh, that's nice. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. Oh, it. that's
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but also, you know, you can spend $20 on a course, uh, but if it doesn't help you, you're not saving you're not know, saving money. You're just wasting $20. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So study and study from someone who knows what they're doing.
0: Right? Yeah. That, that would help. Hi, guys. It's Michael Jammin. I wanted to take a break from talking and talk just a little bit more. I think a lot of you people are getting bad advice on the Internet. Many of you want to break into the industry as writers or directors or actors. And some of you are paying for this advice on the Internet. It's just bad. And as a working TV writer and showrunner, this burns my butt. So my goal is to flush a lot of this bad stuff out of your head and replace it with stuff that's actually going to help you. So I post daily tips on social media. Go follow me at Michael Jammin Writer. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And let's be honest, if you don't have time, like just two minutes a day towards improving your craft, it's not going to happen. So go make it happen for you at Michael Jammin Writer. Okay, now back to my previous rant.
1: All right, Uh, another question: How to break a story in screenwriting? Yeah, so that's
0: what that's a lot of the story. The course is dedicated to breaking a story, and breaking a story is how you unpack um, the elements of a story to make it engaging. So, breaking a story refers to literally when we're in the writer's room, we go, we have a a whiteboard, and we draw act one, act two, act three, and we literally show you how to lay it out. And I teach us in the course how to lay out the idea. So it un- unfolds in a way so that it's engaging. And so that's what breaking, that's what story breaking is. And that's, that is a huge portion of what the course is. So.
1: Yeah. And I will that. separate out here too. There, you know, when I first started, I was reading forums and on blogs and, you know, there, at the time, this is like 2008, 2009, 10, there really wasn't like a lot of opportunity in the podcasting world or other places to get this information. Mm-hmm. So just going to your social media right now, people are going to learn a ton more than yeah. the, what they had when I was first starting this process over a decade ago. Um, but uh, I was going to say there's a big difference between plot structure, which is what most people are teaching, which is on, by page three, you need to introduce, your you need to have your inciting incident, right? And by page 30, you need to enter the new world. And they're breaking off all these like ethereal concepts of what needs to happen versus story structure, which is this is something that needs to happen here because this is how it is engaging. And yeah. I do not care how you get from here to there. That part is up to you and your craft as a writer, but mm-hmm. these things have to be here like tent poles holding up a tent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we try to make it simple
0: in the course. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do we got now?
1: Cool. Um, what degree do you need to become a screenwriter?
0: You don't need any degree. So when you get hired, no one's gonna ask you what college you went to, no one cares about, Phil's got a degree, no one asked about your degree. Yeah.
1: This this is fun, right? I never, my school closed, I never got my degree. It just says, congratulations. But I got I got this when I walked across the stage, I, my family was there, still working on getting an actual piece of paper. No one has ever asked for this, and the writers have got a big kick out of this when I showed this to them this
0: week. Yeah, no one cares about your degree. So, uh, we well, and I, I've worked with some very talented writers who didn't even go to college, they just graduated high school. So the question is, do you know how to tell an engaging story on the page? We're gonna read your script, and if the script is good, you'll get hired. No one's no one's gonna ask for you if, to see your degree. Now, uh, you have to learn from somewhere. You can go to film school, and if you find a good teacher at this film school, great. But at film school, you're also gonna learn other things that you may not want to learn. You're gonna learn editing, lighting, uh, camera work, lenses, and stuff, which is great. It's like, a, you know, it's a trade school. If mm-hmm. you wanna learn that, sound operation. If you want to learn that, great. But if you want to just be a screenwriter, you don't need to go to film school to learn all that. You could just take a screenwriting course and save a lot of money. But
1: it depends what you want, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Uh, what makes a good screenwriter? There
0: are. I don't know. That, that must. Be, that's an internet question for sure. Uh, a good yeah. screenwriter is someone who knows how to tell a story that someone wants to find out what happens next. That's it. Do you are you are you interested in? Continuing to watch this or not—that's the difference between good or bad. Mm. You know, mm. good stuff.
1: Can screenwriters become directors?
0: Absolutely, um, and that happens—that happens quite a bit. Uh, and and it's you know, it, it's a—it's a good way to to get be, become a director. Actually, you'll get that opportunity more because you understand story, and everyone works. Everyone is in service of the story. We all the writer has to work for the story, the director, the actors, set set decorations. We're all there we are all, the, the story is the master and we work for the story. And so if you uh, are starting as a screenwriter, then you will yeah, you're you're well in it, you're it's a great way to get work as a director is by is by is by doing or or by writing and directing your own stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie is a screenwriter who became such a good screenwriter tom cruise offered him the chance to direct mission impossible i think four Uh five six and uh he writes and directs those and he's one of my favorite directors but it's beautiful you can see the escalation and the quality of those stories as jj abrams got involved who was a writer first and then a director Mm -hmm. and they just get better and better and better as as you go along because of people who are serving that story
0: yeah if you want to be a director study screenwriting if you know for sure. Yeah, and,
1: and to your point, if you want to be a better um, writer, study acting, right? Yep. We've talked yep. about that before too. Okay, great. Um, how many hours do screenwriters work? You know, if you're a screenwriter, you're working on
0: a project, you're working on a movie, who knows? Who knows what your deadline is? If you're on TV, uh, the hours can be really bad. On a multi-camera sitcom, the hours can be long. You could be working 12, 14 hours a day easily if you're on a drama usually drama writers work a little less they work their hours tend to be a little more sane but not necessarily if this if the show is in trouble or it's not poor if it's poorly run or if it's incredibly complex you may be your hours might be just as long you know yeah. it just depends it's not a job where you we don't get paid by the hour so uh you know you don't punch in the clock
1: yeah it's that time for uh, time for dollar trap that i think a lot of us are raised in you yeah. have to get out of that it's not about the money. It's not about the hours and how much time you're worth. It's about getting the job done and yeah. doing the best job you can.
0: Yeah. And there's diminishing returns. Obviously, when you get more tired and cranky, the work isn't as good, but you got to finish the work. you got to shoot. If you're shooting something tomorrow, it has to be done. Yeah.
1: Great. What is a log line?
0: So a log line is one or two sentences. It describes your movie clearly or your TV show, your episode, clearly what it's, a, uh, what it's about. And if you don't know if you can't write a logline, then you don't know what your story is about. And if you don't know what your story is about, then the audience is not going to know what it's about. And so the time to write a logline, sometimes people say, I, have I struggle with writing a logline. It's like, well, then why do you start writing your script? This is, comes before you write the script. Mm. You don't do it after. How are you? Too late. Uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a giant mess. So it's just one or two sentences describing what your story is about.
1: Yeah, it's like a compass, right? It keeps you on track.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Great. Super important. Don't skip that part. Yeah. Uh,
1: what is a treatment in screenwriting?
0: It really depends on who you're, who you're talking to, but it's basically, it, it's like a longer version of what your story is about. It's a longer log line. It can be a few pages long or longer, yeah. you know? It's, quite, it's usually hey, not quite an outline. It's something before an outline, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I had a book back here that someone gave me um, when they when I was going to film school. It was a guy I worked with in the tech space, and he's just like, hey, I, I got into screenwriting a little bit myself. Here's a book I bought. Maybe it'll serve you. And famously, I, I, I can't remember who it was, but there was a professional writer who said, "Like, there's a step in your contract when you sell a feature that is typically you need to provide a treatment. And if they ask for that, the response you should give is, Great. Do you will will you send me an example of a treatment you like so I know how you want it done, right? And then they just never they never do. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's you know that's why I say it depends on who you ask. Like, ask them what they, someone says they want a treatment. Say, great. What do you want it to look like? And you, how they'll send something. It's four pages or fourteen, and that's that determines what you what you'll send them.
1: Yeah. My my friend gave me that book, and I I actually asked that. Used it. Didn't get out of it. Had to do it for a project, mm-hmm. uh, and I just use that book and I got it. And it ultimately turned out they didn't care what the treatment looked like. They just wanted me to do one as part of my grade. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so this is another question we might've already addressed, but it might be worth doing, which is how to study screenwriting.
0: There's a lot of, obviously a course, but you can also study it by reading screenplays and you could learn just as much by uh, reading good ones as bad ones, or even if you watch or watching tv or films watch it the first time doing for as enjoyment and the second time take notes and i teach you kind of what kind of notes to take but you can learn just as much from a bad one if you like why am i why do i not like this why am i losing interest why am i you know uh and then as long as long as you hold yourself to the same standards it's very easy not to it's very easy to say to oh this is a terrible show and then to write something just as bad because you're you think you're making an exception. You're like, well, it's a little different. Like, no, no, no. You, you gotta hold yourself to the same standards you hold other people to other people too.
1: Awesome. Can you get a TV writing job without moving to Los Angeles first?
0: I don't see how that's possible. Uh, I mean, like, and I talk about this as well a number of times. It's like, how do I break into Hollywood without moving to Hollywood? It's like, so now you want Hollywood to come to you? I mean, I guess it's possible, but why are you making it? It's already hard. Why are you making it harder on yourself? If every there's a Hollywood is filled with people who are desperate to break in, and and they've and they have cut to the head of the line. They're in front. They're in front of you because they're more eager and they're more serious about it. They've already shown that they're willing to pay the price. They're already shown that they're willing to you know take do whatever it takes. And you are not willing to do whatever it takes. You have conditions. You're saying I'll do I'll do almost anything, almost everything except for move to Hollywood. It's like. Mm-hmm. You're not willing to do, well, you're not willing to do whatever it takes. So, you know, how serious do you want it?
1: And I think this kind of goes along with what your philosophy on this all is. But, you know, I think of Diablo Cody, famously, she wrote uh, Juno. And Mm -hmm. she was living in Alaska, I think, at the time. And Mm -hmm. the screenplay was so good that they sought her out. But again, they sought her out because her screenplay was so good. Yeah, you have to be,
0: yeah. Is your writing excellent? Is it like that? Is it excellent or is it just okay? 99% of everybody's just okay. So yeah,
1: there you go. All right, can you get into TV writing as a researcher?
0: There are shows, some shows have researchers. Um, uh, I don't know, the bigger budget ones probably do, but the, I'm sure those, those shows are going by the wayside. It's as budgets are shrinking, you know, just. Many shows, most shows, don't have researchers. Most shows, they will have they have the writers. You got to do your own research. It just depends on the budget of the show. So yeah. you can, if, if you can find that job.
1: If you can find the job, right? Yeah. Better to still focus on your writing. Yeah, that's that's what I would do. Yeah. Cool. Do TV writing agents care about published prose work?
0: Uh, no. I mean, in, if you if you have a a a best selling book then yeah, they will care about it because it's an easy to sell. It's easy to market that and make money from you. But if you just because you wrote a book that, you know, whatever, you, maybe you published it and 5,000 people read it, or, so what? You know, it's it's about can they sell you. And uh, that doesn't make you more marketable. Even if you're a good writer, it doesn't make you more marketable, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: This is something that you might uh, be very, very specifically capable of answering. This is why I grabbed this question. How is animation writing different from TV writing?
0: So I've done both, right? I've written for, uh, it's about a third of my career's animation with King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead and Brickleberry and uh, Glenn Martin. It's very, very similar. Story is story. It doesn't matter whether you were gonna animate it, animate it, you know, live action, whether it's half hour, hour, drama, comedy, it's story. Um, when I wrote, I, my first job was, uh, was on Just Shoot Me and then I went to King of the Hill, which was animated, and in many ways, uh, Just Shoot Me was more of a cartoon than King of the Hill was. King of the Hill was very real, and so what difference does it make? You're just telling stories. Uh, it's just you know, if you understand story structure, you can you can write either one. It, it, an animation, it's usually a little easier to uh, do any kind of special effects, or if you want to, you know, set a scene at an amusement park, that's kind of you just draw it and live action you'd have to rent that out who cost a lot more money and if you go out of an explosion you that would cost more money and that in animation you could just draw it it's not a big deal uh so you want to make if you're doing animation you want to make use of the animation like or else why why not make a live action why is this animated if, if you're not going to take use of the medium but other than that but story story it's all you know if you can do one you can do both
1: yeah and you you famously told me i Probably using that word wrong so i apologize guys used it twice um you've told me before that uh, rat and link's buddy system for example was really a cartoon yeah it was, it was it's kind of cartoony
0: action. yeah and yeah. It, was a, it was a live action show but it was kind of cartoony uh but and that's story, that story. was the tone they wanted so that's cool all right yeah. you know we did silly so stuff on that we and we turned the hero into a robot at the end of one episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome uh how is tv writing different from movie writing
0: Uh, it's again, very similar. The, the main difference is at the end of a movie, the character has gone to a place and the journey is over. So whatever, but in a movie, in a TV show, there has to be another journey to take. And so, uh, particularly in comedy, if the character reaches a different emotional place at the end of a comedy, uh, whatever lesson they have quote unquote learned or whatever growth they've made, they will forget. By the end of the next episode, which is why Homer Simpson is an idiot and will always be an idiot. Despite all the lessons he's learned, you got to put him back to reset him back to zero or else he's not funny. You know, Shan, whereas the movie, if you want to make Homer Simpson, if that were a movie, you know, you, you, he could become smart at the end. And that's, you know, because you're not worried about the sequel.
1: Right. And that's that's uh, one of the first lessons I had on the difference between TV and film is that film ends; it has a finite end, whereas mm-hmm. TV is something that can be told and told again, and or sp- split up into multiple things. It's really the finiteness of your story can dictate a. Yeah, you
0: know, a but film. but again, the key word again is story. If you understand, if you understand story structure, you can write either one. Mm. You know, you're just talking about the the ending, which the last few pages. Okay, you know, you can make an adjustment there.
1: Got it. All right, got my last question here. You ready for it? Yeah, all right. How often do people writing for a TV show travel? How often do they travel
0: for for work? I guess like yeah, I, it how depends. Often,
1: yeah, as a writer,
0: if the if it's um, like sometimes you work on a show and it's being and it's shot, uh, let's say in New Mexico or Georgia. That happens sometimes because those states have rebates, so they have tax incentives to, to shoot there. And if that's the case, the writer of that episode, the writing is usually done, done in Hollywood, and the writer of that episode will often travel to the set for a week to oversee production uh, of that show. But just as more often than not, the show is also shot in LA, so maybe you'll travel to the set, which is you know five minutes away, or maybe it's you know on the soundstage right outside your office. Um, so in terms of traveling, it's not uh, it's not a it's not usually a high travel job, but it just depends on where they're shooting it.
1: Cool. All right. Well, that's that's a big chunk of questions from the internet that I thought uh, would answer a lot of the questions we're getting. Thank you, uh, internet. Yeah, I would say you know we'll just pay attention to Michael's Instagram. That's where we put up a tile where you can uh, post your questions, and we we'll t- we tackle those every few podcast episodes. If you yeah. have if you're interested in more questions. Definitely go check out those past episodes and make sure you're subscribing to Michael. So you can be notified when we're looking for questions. Um, anything else you want to add, Michael?
0: Yeah. So yeah, right. Phil saying follow me on Instagram, which is at Michael Jammin writer. And you can also get on, if you like this stuff and you want to have it emailed to you once a week, Phil, e puts them in an email for free. And and we call it our watch list. So you can go to michaeljammin.com slash watch list. Sign up for that for free. You're only getting one email per week. So it's not a a spam thing. You don't have to worry about that. And and that's it. And we'll send you our best content.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, Michael, thank you. Everyone else, thanks for uh, listening in today. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye now. This has been an episode of Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jammin and Phil Hudson. If you'd like to support this podcast, Please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with someone who needs to hear today's subject. For free daily screenwriting tips, follow Michael on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Michael Jamen Writer. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Phil A. Hudson. This episode was produced by Phil Hudson and edited by Dallas Crane. Until next time, keep writing.